Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good to see everybody. Good to be in God's house today. We're starting a new sermon series. We just had a, a, a director that just came in, a guy right there. Starting a new series on four-letter words. And I, uh, as I put this sermon series together, I thought people probably looked at me like, that was interesting. But these are four-letter words that are in the Bible that we don't hear much about anymore. Uh, and so today I want us to, to look at the first word. And the first word is holy. How many of you today feel holy? Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. I hope by the time we leave here today, everybody in this place raises their hand and says, I'm holy. I think sometimes we have a misunderstanding about that word holy. So today we want to look at that, okay? And I want to share that with you. Uh, I did, a, I did a, a research on this, and I'll tell you what, man, I was looking and looking and looking, and, and, and you don't find a lot of information. I don't know I've ever heard a sermon on holiness. Have you? Preaching on holy. Here's the deal. Here's the definition of holy. It's exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one's purpose and goodness directs it. Now, here's another de- definition. Devoted entirely to the duty or work of the deity. Let me say that again. Here's holy definition. Devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity. How many of you feel holy in light of that definition? Devoted entirely to the deity. You see, it's an interesting definition, and I want us to look at that today. Paul, uh, Peter wrote a letter, and in his letter, he talks about being holy. And, and I, I think it's a beautiful passage of Scripture. I want to read that to you today. It's First Peter, and it's the first chapter, and here's what he says. Watch this. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be, say it with me, holy. In everything you do, just as God who chose you is, say it with me, holy. For the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. Holy is important, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, as, as we open your word and we, and we look at something that, that something that's in the scripture that you require for us to be. And God, I pray that you give us the grace to understand what it truly means in Jesus that we can be holy and we can be your children, Lord. And so I pray your blessing upon the word. I pray for the gift of teaching. I pray, God, it's not for my glory, but it's for your glory. I ask it in Jesus' name. As followers of Christ, we are part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Holy Spirit dwells among us. When we become Christian, the Holy Spirit moves in and becomes a part of who we are and lives within us and directs us. And as a result, we are to expose the image of God in our lives. Amen? When you hear the word holy, a lot of things come to mind. I used to think about holy. I would think about some of the older women and would set and condemn me because I had long hair. thought they were holy and I wasn't. Kind of funny, but it's not really funny. Sometimes I think we think of holy as something that's kind of stuffy and, and all that sort of thing, don't we? And we live in a culture where we're, we're, you know, we're intellectuals and so holy, what do you mean holy, right? But the definition of holy is having the real attributes of God. And what are those attributes? Faith, love, gentleness, kindness, those are fruit of the Spirit. You follow those things? It's kind of cool, isn't it? And as we read the scripture, Peter's in, encouraging these people that he's writing this letter to because they were dispersed all over 
of the uh, province of Rome, and they and they had been cast out as Christians, and here they were in, in various places, and he's instructing them, even in their world that they live in, to be holy, to be committed to God, to not conform. And he shares with them, he shares with them that, that he got it finally. I don't think he got it for a long time. That's why I like him so much, because I kind of feel like he is, but I don't get it sometimes. But he finally got it because, in fact, after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, Peter understood what true holiness is, as he wrote in his epistle. The theme of holiness is seen in the Bible throughout from the very beginning, from Israel's time of their exodus in Egypt. We see that God calls a people to be holy, to be set apart. When you and I receive Jesus, we've not come to the end of our salvation, we've come to the beginning. And we look forward to the end of when we can finally be with God. I had another funeral this week. I uh, did this funeral and I uh, did this for a man that was a member of our church. And he, he was in hospice care. They called me and I, I was out of town. I came back and I, and I went over to see this gentleman. And, and I went in the room and the lady said, he's going to go home to see Jesus in a few minutes. She said, uh, do you think? And he said, and I said, no. She said, just think of him. Think of his funeral. What's his favorite song? She said, it's that still can't take away. That song goes, still can't take away. That still takes a lot of songs. It's like, okay. I'm thinking, she says, that one just keeps coming up. And I leaned over, and he was here, and I said, go rest high on that mountain. Son, your work on earth is done. You see, as Christians, we have hope. We have hope that someday we will go home to be with Jesus and God. This isn't all there is. We're to be holy. We're to be set apart. And salvation is part of that. When we repent, it means that we accept God into our lives and we confess to him that we're sinners. And that we need his grace. God's changed. The message hasn't changed. And he calls us to be holy. When we are saved, we're saved by, by grace through faith. Does that mean we're perfect? we're holy? Yeah. How does that work? We're holy by the grace of God, by His righteousness. We're made holy. And because God is holy, He wants us to be holy. It's a character that we see in our in the scriptures. And we see that He has a standard that we're to follow. Do we do we do we fall short? Yes. Does He forgive us? Yes. Are we holy? to him because we get up by his grace and we move forward it's a little different for us to think about that when you ask me yeah i've missed it i fought it all week i shared this sermon with diane she said man i don't know i've ever heard this before i think god's called us to do this but it's on him our holiness is in him it's in him god is holy and his character is holy and that's the standard that we set by him Look at Peter. Look at true holiness in his life. It's a different, it's a different frame. God is a different frame than we are. He's the creator, and we're his creation. He makes us that way. And that's where we find true peace and contentment is in a relationship with him. It's true. In the beginning, God created man and woman and wanted them to be in fellowship with him, and they sinned. And I tell this story about every other week, but I think it's kind of the theme. I see myself in Adam. Do you see yourself in Adam? He sinned, and then he ran, and then he hid from God. Anybody ever do that? But God pursued them. God pursued them because he loved them. And see, when we sin, we have a tendency to want to hide from God, don't we? 
I mean, when we sin, is the first place we want to run to church? Should be. And sometimes it is. But when they sin, they tried to hide from God, Adam and Eve did. And when they sin, they couldn't cover up their sin. But God could. God could. I can't always make this theological distinction for the sake of time. My favorite preacher, Billy Graham, late Billy Graham, said this, I don't know why God would let me into heaven. He knew. He knew why God would let us into heaven. But because of my merit, it's not by our works, lest any man should boast. It's in him. C.S. Lewis, another great mind of our century, said, no man knows how bad he is until he tries to be good. Even at our best, we're sinners. To be holy means to be set apart in every way. And we all fall short. The good news is that one man, who is the Son of God, shows us what we need in his sacrifice. I think that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did for us. He died on a cross and washed us white as snow. The good news is that he loved us so much. There was one. There was one who gave us the embodiment of holiness. His name was Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. Luke got this. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 35, look what he says. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 4 says, once in, he was in the synagogue, talking about Jesus, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus, go away, why are you entering his house? Jesus said to him, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One. Did you catch that? Even the demons and the devils know who Jesus is. They recognize him. Hebrews 10, 10 says this, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and talking about what he did for us. And in Hebrews it says, once and for all, when Jesus came, he lived, he lived a perfect life. He lived, he died, and he nailed our sins to the cross. He washed us in the blood, if you will. He died, and he rose again because he rose again and ascended to heaven. We have hope today in the cross of Jesus. And in light of the scriptures, we know who Jesus is. He is the one who made us holy. Let's Christians claim that. Hold on to that. Because he was the physical representation of God the Father. And he sat from the dead. And he raises him again to life. Jesus even said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Angels declare his glory in heaven. Have you noticed every sports team has a, uh, what do you call it? Sports team has it. What's the anthem for uh, uh, Louisiana, Kentucky Wildcats? My old Kentucky home? Huh? On, on, okay. There's another one that has an anthem that's called Rocky Top. And, and, and when you go to a baseball game, you, set up in the, you stand up in the seventh inning and you sing an anthem, don't you? What are you saying? Take this. Sporting events have an anthem. I want to tell you something. There's an anthem that's in heaven. You know what the anthem is? Holy, holy, holy. You know, in the Bible, if something is repeated 
It means it's to have impact. When Jesus is speaking, Jesus would say, Verily, verily, I say unto you. And when you would do that in the Jewish culture, people would send, it was like you were hunting, people would send it in to catch it because it was something of importance. Verily, verily was one of them. The other one that was said was truly, truly. But in Revelation chapter 4, we see that it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is In the tradition, it's important to recognize that, that God is holy, and he requires holiness. Now, does that mean we're perfect? I'm going to say it again today. How does that work? Again, grace. See, here's the thing. When we recognize that God loves us, sent his son to die on the cross for us to take away our sin, and we can come to him and confess our sins, and he washes us clean, it's like, God, you love me that much that I'm better. I want to do better. And so when I make a mistake, I don't just keep plunging that way because that's not repentance. Repentance is turning. When you repent, that means you turn. And when you do that, and I do that, God says, come to me. There was a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I talk about him from time to time. He was a theologian in Germany, and he was in a, in a German prison camp. And this man wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And, and I read this book, and I won't get into the foreign missions that, that man did. It, but he's very, very moving. And he said, in this culture today, we have a thing called cheap grace. And cheap grace is that we, we think that we have a pass for everything that we do. We can go sin and go, okay, God's going to take care of this. God's going to go take care of that. Well, see, we, we can do that. But the fact of the matter is, when we know God in a personal way, we don't want to do that. Now, we may do it, but we turn. We repent and we turn. Does that make any sense? And holiness is a part of that. Being holy is, is pursuing what God wants in your life and in my life. It's important. And the anthem of heaven is holy, holy, holy. You know, actually, the very first song in the Bible included the word holy in plural. Holy in plural. It was in the book of Exodus, chapter 15. It was after the children of Israel had come out of, of, of uh, Egypt. And Pharaoh was pursuing them, and they got away from him. Remember that story? Everybody saw Charlton Heston in that, right? And they got through the water, and they got on the other side, and they, and they, wrote, this, they wrote this passage of Scripture. Here's the song they wrote. It said, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness? Gracious, awesome, glorious. Who's like you? Who's like you? Amazing. Can you imagine experiencing that? They stood at the water, water's edge, and, and, and they've been through so much, and, and they've looked at this water, and there's there's massive amount of water, and they, and they look back, and here comes the enemy. And what do they do? And, and they don't know what to do. You ever stood at the edge of the water? You ever had the water in front of you and the enemy behind you, and you wasn't sure what to do? And I love what the Lord says to Moses. He says, take the rod that's in your hand. Give it to me. Lift it up. And lift it up, and the water's parting. The Bible says they called it dry land. Dry land. And when they got to the other side, you know what? I probably imagine that they recognized what God had just done in their life, and they were grateful, and they were like humbled by this thing. Same way when we experience God. When he touches us and we recognize that we that he loves us, that he truly cares for us, it's very humbling. We want to pursue him. 
And we want to be closer to Him. Because the call of holiness is a call to God. It's a call to God. God's, remember what God's character is. Peter recognized this. Here's a guy that had messed up how many times? And he's talking about holy? <laughs> yeah, he recognized that this was intended as grace. That this holy word is something that we recognize in grace that we're made holy through Jesus Christ. But sometimes in church we tend to sing about holy more than we talk about it. In fact, this is the first time that I think I've ever preached this since I've been here in two years. I mean, to be truthful, when we ask if we, we want to be holy as a description of our lives, it might make us a little uncomfortable. I think it does. Because to say holy is a lot be called a holier than thou, right? No, we've heard that. You know, we, we don't want holy words. Really, if you think about it, we see people who identify that kind of thing with legalistic rules. That's not the kind of holiness we're talking about. In fact, the Pharisees and the scribes, they kept over 600 rules. separate from evil and set apart for God. Perfect? No. You're not given? See, God has a purpose for your life and he has a purpose for mine, and I don't believe we're happy until we find that. Until we find true contentment, until we find what that purpose is. You have a purpose in your life as a believer, and that main purpose is to point others to Jesus. Now, each one of us might do that differently. Maybe we have to do that through the fruit of the Spirit that we were talking about, but it's Christ follows the Holy Spirit and lives in us, and it teaches us. Well, Ken, how do I know what to do? How will I know what to do? The Bible says the Spirit will teach us. Look in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see in the flesh as though I were naked. Brother Sager says it's there. Brother Sager says it's there on the stage in Cairns. You know what Brother Sager, Brother Sager was so employed by the church, it says all of us. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we press forward into the eternal kingdom. I want to tell you something. I want to say I just need to give you a little opening and then go down to Tennessee for our first meeting. Some other guys showed up, but three of us had hung out together in college, and I was standing looking at us, and, and one of us is gray-headed, and one of us has got less hair. I guess you know who that is. And the other one has lost more hair than I have, and I was sitting there thinking about, you know, we're not the same guys that we were 30 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody saw the picture on Facebook and showed it. Now, those the guys that said, those are the guys. See, that one in the middle, I'll tell you how close we are. He could ruin me. You have a friend, you have a friend that close to you that could ruin you? Yeah, man, we, I went on to you 38 years ago. We were running around together. The grace of God is here today. You see what I'm talking about? Holiness, I'm talking about grace as well. I'm not the same guy that I was then. Thanks to Calvary. can't become the creator. We live in a world today where religions teach that, that you work hard enough and you'll become a god. Are you kidding me? We are a savior. We can't become a god, can we? But we 
can develop with God's help through the Holy Spirit in leading us to be more like Jesus. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases God. Yeah, that's it. Because, see, when we recognize what God has done in our lives, when he's allowed us and he's delivered us from those Red Seas, when he's brought us through the fire, when, we, when he brought us to the, to the glory of God, we recognize that we want to serve him more, and this is where we need to be. And it's not a burden. ourselves in everything that we are to abide in Christ and let us work toward complete holiness like he is holy. Many times people say I hang around with this group or that group and, and are hoping to win them to Christ and I'm all in with that, you know, because Jesus was even considered, you know, the, the Pharisees, the ones that kept the rules, they, they got a little uptight about him sitting with the weeds with sinners. Look at this. He, he does this. He does that. And, and so we take that principle and we do that as well sometimes, right? You know, if we don't hang out with our lost friends, how do we ever expect them to ever become Christians? But we have to be careful. Because when we get in those environments, who's influencing who? Now, there are some things that I know that, that I, I can't handle. And I bet you might have some of those things you can't handle. Some of those things that might trip you up if you get too close. So you know what I do? I stay away from them. I've learned that one. Close enough just not to get burnt. I'm talking about sharing the gospel, but being the influence and letting the Holy Spirit lead us. And every time that I encounter that, I just don't want to rebel. I don't want to do that. He will lead us. The call of holiness is a call to humility. When we see God for who He is, we look forward to sacrifice. So I visited with my old friends this week. We talked about going home. And I'm not talking about back home where we came from. I'm talking about going home. I talked about Sunday. One day, and how it sounds sweet when we get a glimpse of how much he loves us for one day as we recognize his sacrifice for us. It's about a holy God, and it's also about what a terrible God we have in our lives. Remember the song, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love He said, we don't become humble on our own. The grace of God is given, which results in a sense of our own sinfulness. And it is seeing God as grace, holy, clean, pure, good, and then seeing ourselves as sinners. And I love that. It is also the recognition that all that is good about us went into Christ. Every virtue we trust in ourselves is now replaced with Christ. The good that we have now shouldn't be. That's what he's doing through us. As we grow on our walk, we realize that it's God that makes us holy. How many of you feel that way? How many of you feel that way? That's what God has done for us. God has made a way of by redeeming us through the blood of Jesus, and, and the lamb was slain for our sins. And we're to imitate Jesus. We're, we're imitating Jesus. You want to see what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You know, in 1970, now, there was this guy back here supposed to be younger. He wasn't. His name was Elvis Presley. 
was amazing. I, I didn't like see in person. My wife, who, who doesn't like music at all, got to see him. And I think, this is wrong. You know what I mean? People need to appreciate it. But in 1977, Elvis Presley was alive. And you know what? There were 34 impersonators of Elvis Presley in the world in 1977. By the year 2002, there were 16,122 impersonators, imitators of Elvis Presley. And today, this is true. I Googled this. I looked this up. Today, there are between 85 and 92,000 imitators of Elvis Presley. By the year 2049, a third of the population will be Elvis impersonators who speak their own life imitation. It's really important that we, uh, that we imitate Christ, not Elvis, right? I mean, seriously, even Elvis said there's only one Christian, and his name is Jesus. You know what Christian meant by that? Anybody know Christian? Christian is Christian that follows Jesus. Yes, that's your family pastor right there. Who do we imitate? As Christ followers, we imitate Jesus. Peter was writing this story to the church scattered in the Roman province. And he said there's a call to holiness, and it's a call to all believers, to everyone who believes in God. It's a call that's holy and pure. Well, you know, people say, I don't want to be a holy Joe, I don't want to be a holy Willie, you know, et cetera. Well, I'll tell you what holy is in the eyes of God, not holy. So notice, first of all, in fairness to holiness, we must first learn to be holy because God is holy. Doesn't make any sense. Justin, I heard a church member the other day who called God the man upstairs, but he's not the man upstairs. He's the church of the universe. He's our temple. He's our Savior. Don't you feel called to be holy? You know, don't you feel called to be holy? We need to imitate Jesus. And when Jesus walked and talked and, and, and the Holy Spirit will lead us to do that, the call to holiness is also in Ephesians chapter 1, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be what? Holy. When we come to Jesus to be used for his glory, something happens. He doesn't say that we have to act holy and do it on ourselves, but he shows us that we should be holy. We should be holy. The passage that we read in this uh, book that Peter wrote, it talks about God's gracious salvation that comes in when Jesus is revealed. But it takes an effort to get in. It takes an effort. And there's where we get into this. People say, well, you know, we're saved by grace. Is it grace or works? Is it grace or is it works? Is it faith or is it works? Here's what I've come to believe. Here's what I believe. It's faith plus works. Because, you see, if you just have faith, you just set and wait for things to happen. If we say, God, think about if they were at that Red Sea and all they had, oh, I believe God can take us across this thing, but we're going to stand here. You know what? They wouldn't have made it, would they? But when they put their faith into action, when their faith worked, I mean, when they put their faith into action, it worked in their life, right? In your life, in my life, God calls us to get up. He calls us to action, and he calls us to be holy. I want you to understand something today. God is for you. God is for you, whatever you're up against today, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening, God is for you. He wants you to win. He wants you to overcome. I love that song, Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, absolutely. How many of you have been crippled by fear? I have. 
He says, I can't do this. I can't face this. What do I do? Listen to me. You're not by yourself. You're, the Holy Spirit lives. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And he will lead you. And he will guide you. And he will hold you. And he will strengthen you day by day. And when we recognize the love that he has, it changes us. still struggle with it. When I asked that question, I asked Diane, I said, are you holy? She looked at me and said, I mean, it just kind of takes like, but that's what our culture has created. I want to tell you something. Our culture's created a lot of things that don't go along with the book. And the book ain't changed. And these four-letter words that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks are words that we don't hear much in the church.
four minutes each. in this time as we sing together and 